You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. We've got a, uh, a mixed bag of co-hosts today. Uh, and first of all, I'll speak to my co-hosts who will be here a little bit later in the show, but I'll explain why in a sec. Walshie, g'day to you. G'day, Tony. Very g'day, Tony. Uh, I don't know why complicating things, but... It's good to be here. Jules, hello to you. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Oh, very good. Very good. Hello, fuckwackers. Yes, hello, fuckwackers. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about a little bit later on as well because so much is happening in the world of wrestling in the past week or so. Of course, we should thank our great friends at the Australian Wrestling Network for uh, partnering with us here for on the turnbuckle. We get nothing out of it, but it's nice to have them on board. Uh, and of course, they're always uploading brand new stuff, Boshi. Yeah, they always are. Um, I don't know if they have this week because I haven't been uh, on social media much, but they've got a probably the best um, back catalogue of Australian wrestling you'll find anywhere on the planet. I would have thought. Yeah, an amazing, an amazing catalogue, especially of Australian wrestling. I mean, no one uh, comes even close to having anything near what these guys have. In their network. That's the Australian Wrestling Network. Check it out. If you checked out our podcast last week, you would have heard a great interview with Aaron Dick from DMDU. Uh, well, a lot of the stuff she said came to fruition. It's almost like she knew. Yeah, who would have known? Um, but, yeah, look, uh, I mean, I think who who tipped Callum for the win? Was that you, Jules? Uh, I said Callum versus Joel final was was booking with my head for sure. Yeah, my uh, my choice of Mad Dog let me down. Yeah. Who was your choice, Tony? I think I said Callum. Just say you did now. Yeah, I no did, one, yeah. Uh, I can't be bothered going and back I'll quickly and quickly go back. If you're lying I'll now. go back and check, change it anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> But also we're we're kind of psychic in a way because I know I've mentioned that. Who's a, you're, a side, you're a sidekick. Where I am a sidekick. Yeah, I am. I am the worst, Robin. Um, but you know, we said it was a 
it looked like a love letter to Deathmatch Wrestling. And then lo and behold, you can see that Erin has released a love letter to wrestling um, in an audio form. So yeah. definitely get on their Twitter and have a look at that. Have a look at the links and, and have a listen because um, that's definitely uh, a show from the heart. Oh, there was, yeah. def- there was definitely a lot of love from the ring too, from uh, Callum down to Erin at the end of the night. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was nice to see. Um, and yeah, there's a link on it. If if you can't find the love letter to wrestling, there is a link on our Facebook page and through our Twitter as well. So you'll be able to find it there. All right, boys, I want you to take just a bit of a break because yesterday Lyle and I were lucky enough to catch up with the Velocities, and this is how that interview went. All right, Lyle, time to catch up with uh, some very special guests, and I'm not actually sure we've had these two together as a, a pairing on the show, have we? Not we've together, separately. Tony. Separately, they've done it, but together. I, I like to feel it's the A-team meets the A-team tonight. Uh, in tag team wrestling, you and I, Tony, and you know, one of the best tag teams in Australia, mate. That's right. Uh, uh, as as we introduce the Velocities, Jude London and Paris De Silva, uh, our tag team name is the Fuckwhackers. Uh, the Fuckwhackers, yeah. boy. Good name. Very strong. Boy, it's going to be a great chant as well. Yeah. yeah. So, great we- chant. Yeah, stri- strictly only family shows that we do. We don't do anything over 18s. Family, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, baby and face, we're willing, baby and we're face. willing to drop the UCK for the family shows. So just yeah, be yeah, the, yeah. F, the F whackers. <laughs> it could actually smart. be the F troop. We're that old. We could be the F troop. I, I don't get that reference, Tony. So I'm not that old. Oh, yet, sorry, mate. pop culture. Um, hey guys, welcome <laughs> to the show as a pairing, and welcome back to wrestling. I think you had your first match a couple of weeks ago. How was the ring rust? Yeah, look, we're doing all right. You know, thank you for having us, first of all. Um, it's just surreal. Uh, you know, we discussed it a little bit earlier. Just the uh, the fact that we went through a second lockdown was almost a myth. And the fact that it happened was a bit shocking. But you know what? It, you know, we, we kept as positive as we could. And uh, like you said, November the 13th was our first one back. And and we feel great. You know, we're ready to go. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it was definitely a blessing to get back to, to wrestling and just get the passion going again. On that on that first academy show back at PWA, just getting back to what we love, it was a it was a great night. Take us through the lead into that first match on the thirteenth of November. Was there much training heading into that, or was it because lockdown didn't sort of end pretty much until then, did it? Yeah, it. I think it ended maybe a month or five weeks prior yeah. to us in Sydney. So we did get some some time in the ring at the at the pro wrestling academy in Sydney. So we're pretty fortunate in that respect. But, um, I mean, you can train as, as much as you can um, outside of the ring. It doesn't compare to do, doing it inside the ring. And then I'll say the same thing again for actually performing live on a show in front of a live crowd. This has a different feeling. So it felt amazing to get it, get it back on November 13th. I feel like mentally we were there for ages, just kind of yeah. waiting to chomp at the bit. Uh, it was just the physical preparation was quite rushed. But, again, we were so eager and so ready. So, um, you know, we, we did the best that we could. And, and you know, like it just felt so good to finally get back in, uh, in that ring and start moving again. Yeah. The crowd was like the hottest crowd I've felt in a, in a tiny building as well. I guess just months pent up wanting to get back to a live show, you know. So it, yeah. was, it just it felt good for us. It felt good for the crowd. It just 
it just all combined into one wonderful evening. What was it like stepping back into the academy the first time once coming out of lockdown? Obviously, you know, we're probably all in the same boat. Uh, backyard workouts and patio workouts aren't the same yep. as uh, getting in a real gym. Um, what was actually like getting in there? Did everyone train in, you know, call it a little off-season during lockdown? Um, took a couple of weeks to get it back. Absolutely. Um, I think that was the mentality too in terms of coming back to training ready to go. Um, you know, we're all at first, you know, a little bit cautious, a little bit nervous of getting back into it, but it was great seeing familiar faces and kind of getting the crew back together again. And I think it's a lot easier having that motivation when you've got a large group of people training with you than doing it by yourself. So, uh, yeah, it just felt like we're back at home. 100%. Um, the first the first week or so back of the body got used to callousing up again, I'll tell you that much. The, <laughs> the neck, the back felt a bit sore, but just getting used to it, man. It's just what we do now. I presume the PWA Academy would have been very similar to a lot of other academies around Australia, especially here in Melbourne, where you guys did a lot of Zoom sessions during the lockdown period? Yeah, a lot, a lot of Zoom sessions. I can't remember how many we started with initially, but it was a lot. Just covering a lot of theory, tape study, promo practice, psychology, all that sort of stuff. Um, we had, yeah, a, a, a lot of sessions a week. So the, the coaches at the P, at the Processing Academy at PWA put in a lot of effort over the lockdown. So kudos to them. Um, a lot of the rookies in our school kept engaged throughout that lockdown too, which was really cool to see. Like it's hard to, obviously it's hard to stay motivated in lockdown. People are like sad and depressed and all that sort of thing. And they just want to get back to normal life. But it was a good, like it was a good feeling of like virtual community, just like keeping each other uplifted, um, seeing everyone wanted, you know, still try to learn and achieve some goals, even though you couldn't leave your own house. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of nice to see. Yeah. So that, like the Zoom Academy class, obviously the, you know, uh, you know, scouting some tapes and theory and stuff like that. But you touched on it just then, like the mental health of everyone as well, just that yeah. checking in a few times a week, making sure everyone's all right, you know, keeping the motivations up and the spirits up, you know, that probably can't be measured until later on and, you know, we almost forget we're ever in a lockdown. Yeah, it's just super important to have that constant, you know, communication. Um and for a lot of us too, I think it goes beyond wrestling as well. You know, we have a lot of mates in and out of the ring. Um, so, yeah, just checking on everyone, seeing some familiar faces, trying to uh, almost kind of like learn how to engage in conversation when you've been by yourself for so long. So I almost felt like I was doing a Zoom session just to kind of work out how to hold a conversation. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it was just good seeing our mates together and trying to learn, you know, a little bit more of what we love. Yeah, it definitely brought like mental health to the forefront again. Like being able to, like you said, just check in with your mates and make sure everyone's okay. We had down here in Melbourne that massive lockdown last year. So in a sense, we were sort of used to it when we had this second one or this sixth one, I should say, which went for 77 days this time right. around. For yeah. you guys in Sydney, take us through the initial shock of knowing that you were going to not have a life for four or five <laughs> months. I, I can't even remember how it like the start. It just felt so sudden, just at the snap of a finger like that. It was like, yep, yeah, you you guys are at home 100 percent of the time now. Um, it really it stopped a lot of plans for like a lot of people and just stopped everyone's life completely. Um, it was it just felt very sudden. I um I almost feel like 
it was going to be a two-week thing at first, and then it just kind of grew and grew and grew. That's what and they it, want you to feel. Yeah. Optimism. It just got to the point where uh, we're like, okay, I guess we're in it for the long haul. Um, and then we kept going back to like, just thinking about Melbourne because we're like, man, these guys went through it, you know, a year ago, and here we are going through it now. So, I mean, uh, it was a long way, but I think we kind of kept saying to ourselves, look, it's going to be a long wait because this will probably be the last one. So fingers crossed, this is it. Cause it was a very, very long time. Yeah. For, very long for, time. for you guys, the, uh, for most people, they went into not hibernation, but you didn't hear from them for a while as, as wrestlers, I suppose everyone was just doing what they were doing to survive through. But for you guys, you were nearly as popular as ever through the whole, lockdown period due to the fact that you had that massive match against Aussie Open and that went viral, sickly viral, and you guys were on the top of everyone's lips for months. Yeah, it was um it was it, it was pretty like surreal after having performed and, and wrestled the match. Um just to um see all the all the not like the nice comments online and all, all the buzz that was being created about the match online. Um to us, it was like obviously it was like a very big match, um, you know, defending the titles that we held so dearly for so long, um, having lost them in that match. But we, I don't know, I don't, I don't think we went into it expecting we're going to kill it, we're going to go viral. You know, it was just like an, it was another night at the office for us. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I think right before we hit the curtain, we're both like, oh, let's just uh, let's hope we get. But hey, um, yeah, it's funny. I think, um, you know, our mentality is, you know, we're just going to go out there and perform. Um, so the, the reaction that we got afterwards was, you know, it, uh, I wouldn't say it was shocking, but it was, uh, it was very, uh, it was quite humbling and it was quite surprising as well. Um, and I think we kind of forget the reach that we have here in Australia now, you know, things are kind of growing. So I think for us to kind of get all this uh, exposure and more of these comments coming from overseas is a real big step. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, such a cool thing and, and for it to kind of carry on over the last few months has, has been uh obviously fantastic so um again that's just more fuel for the fire for us to kind of you know just get back into that title picture and uh and try and get back what we lost i'm going to defer to lyle in one sec to talk about the match itself because it, w- it was such a great match it needs to needs to be spoken about but you mentioned humbling as one of the words for all the reaction you got is there a sense of gratification though as well that you've put in all the hard work to get to that point and finally all of a sudden, shit, we've actually made it here. This is, this is pretty cool. I, I think there is. Um, just kind of alluding to what Paris just said, it was very um, it was very gratifying to kind of, even before the match, like being part of PWA over the last few years, it feels like we reached this new height every, like every every like major announcement or every year something cool happens, something bigger happens. And then we just see the company and the Australian wrestling scene grow a little bit more and a little bit more each time. So like in that sense, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't really shock me that big things keep ha- happening and more attention is getting brought to Australia as a whole. Um, but at the same time, it's definitely very cool and gratifying to see your name, like our names attached to yeah that thing that, you know, is generating all this buzz and all this hype and that people are talking so much about. Um, I think, I don't know, 
I'm kind of I'm kind of used to it a little bit at this point. Maybe Paris more so than me, you know, shooting stars ADT, making Jim Cornette angry, all that stuff. He's kind of <laughs> he's a viral sensation. Um, but yeah, it's very cool to like see all the buzz come back to Australia because Australia just keeps just keeps growing, man. Yeah, I um I almost think too. We we like myself and Jude, we're our like own worst critics too. So I think when we get comments like that. We're sometimes we're, we're taking it back a bit. I, I'll speak more for myself. Um, and I think our our real uh, motivator in terms of our performance and really delivering in our matches is because of just the wealth of talent that we have here in Australia. You know, a lot of it is how can we remain relevant and and try and remain at the top of the scene when there's just such a huge amount of talent, you know, all around the country. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm sure that really helps. Um, but... More than anything, I think, you know, it is gratifying having that, uh, you know, that buzz. Uh, but there is a pressure with that as well. Um, so for us, it's kind of like, right, can we maintain it? And uh, if anything, do you reckon, you know, could we possibly up it? So, um, you know, I'm sure that's what we're going to try and do. Um, so, yeah. 100%. Take, take, what about the guys that you wrestled Aussie Open? Amazing combination, been around for a long time done a lot of some amazing things. What were they like to uh, to be within the ring? Paris, you want to take this one first? Yeah, sure. You uh, you absolutely feel it with those guys, you know. I kind of uh, – sometimes, you know, I think we forget how small we are, you know, um, and they're big boys, um, incredibly talented. Uh, the wealth of knowledge that those guys have is, you know – unreal sometimes you don't need to listen or, or have a conversation with them you know you just you just kind of feel it in the ring um so yeah th- those guys are incredible tough very tough lads um yeah they just they absolutely bring it going back to even before the match that we had this past um i, I don't know when was it, it, it 2021 i'm bad with dates um earlier this year um, going back even before that to 2019, Paris and I went to the UK and our first match in the UK was actually against Aussie Open. And I credit that match in 2019 as like one of the first times that Paris and I wrestled and we just, we just felt things clicking. Um, sometimes you have those nights of those performances where you feel like you've like, you've just like gone up a level or you, yeah, you just understand wrestling as a whole a lot more. Um, and I'm serious and that, with this. I'm serious with this question to, that you're yeah. saying there. Is it like an out-of-body experience where things are just happening and you've got no control over it? It's just absolutely just going. You know what? Kind of. It's kind of like that. Because um, I, can't, I can't remember everything exactly that, you know, everything that went into that and everything that happened, but I do remember the feeling of being in there. Um and my body feels it too, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so being in the ring with those guys, it just makes you, it just makes you a better performer, a better athlete, a better wrestler. And I feel the same way um, in 2019 that, that I do having wrestled them with Paris this this year. I feel like I feel like we've gained like a wealth of knowledge and some lessons. Maybe um, I don't know when the time will be. But we're looking at, you know, somehow, somewhere in the world, have a rematch with those guys, whether it be Australia, whether we have to go over to them 
in the UK or somewhere else. We don't even know. Um, it will be nice to have the PWA tag titles back in PWA, and we'd like to be the ones to do that. Probably the, another another match in the in the US. You know, you've done it in the UK. You've done it in Australia. Take it to another yeah. continent. Yeah, Maybe little, take it somewhere else. Little world we tour. The world tour, yeah. We went yeah. To anywhere. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. You know, and um, you know, we all know Aussie Open are one of the best tag teams in the world. Um, you know, teaming up with Will Ospreay, which you know, on anyone's list is probably top three, top five best wrestlers in the world at the minute. Selfishly, with the um, lockdown and the pandemic. Having the Aussie Open guys home and being able to pick their brains a little more, um, you know, and Robbie being home a li- probably a little bit more than he thought he was going to be, is that beneficial, even though it's selfish? Oh, it's – I feel like even even when we had, you know, Madison Eagles as well, you know, we – it's craziest how, like, much wealth and knowledge and talent that we have at our grasp. Like, it's ridiculous, even to the point where you have – guys commenting overseas that how they wish they had Robbie and Madison around, you know, um, even Aussie open just to, to pick their brains and, and to get chatting with them. Whereas we have it so, so often. Um, I think sometimes we take it for granted. Um, but having those guys around, not just to help us, but to, you know, to help others, it was huge. And, you know, it kind of just doesn't go, it doesn't just extend to us, it extends to everybody. And that is just so beneficial. It was, yeah, it was really priceless having those guys around for as long as we did because, them being here was like an accident, right? It was a complete accident. They, they just came for like a holiday or they came home to, for whatever reason. They didn't know they were going to get stuck here for as long as they did. And they just got stuck here and they made they made the most of it. And I think everyone back home made the most of it too, having them around. It was it was 100% priceless having them here. No, definitely. We, down in Melbourne, seeing him at uh, Deathmatch Down Under, you know, Mark Davis versus Robbie Eagles, which... You know, when are we going to see that match in Melbourne? You, you know, the, these guys are world calibre. They'll be travelling for the next couple of years and then, you know, having the tag match against... Um, oh, what? Misspent Youth. Yeah, Misspent Youth and the Aussie Open. Like, when, when are we going to see that uh, again? You know, I think they still owe us a rematch. Um, hopefully we hold them to it. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, touching on Robbie, like, What's it like sitting home and he's killing it on the world stage, yo? He's the oh my god. IWGP junior heavyweight tag team. Uh, you know, singles winner and the tag team titles as well. Like, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, we're not even thinking that that's attainable with within Australian wrestling. And then, you know, he's just doing it. Yes, definitely. Uh especially during during lockdown, like it was such a motivating thing during really trying times. So yes, seeing that was an absolute, you know, uh, it just got the passion going and uh, seeing him do so well uh, is just, it, it makes our heart sing, especially for all of us at PWA and, uh, you know, to even, you know, have him still still hit up the academy and, and you know, mention that he's thinking of us and, you know, he's obviously doing it for all of us as well. Um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy what a few years can do. Uh, and I think with Robbie, he's always had the potential and the talent and seeing him achieve these things is definitely, you know, making guys like myself and Jude go well. You know, maybe that's something that more of us can do, you know, not just in Japan, but, you know, maybe over in, in the United States and at the same time still bring some attention back to Australia. Yeah, 100%. Um, if you ask, like, anyone 
here at home. Like Robbie is so good and he's always been so good. And they'll say like, of course, he's always deserved to be there. Now people are just finally seeing it. Um, it's weird, man, because like seeing him now on New Japan is just like, I want to say it's such a regular thing. Like, oh yeah, there's our coach on TV. Fucking the coolest <laughs> thing. Um, we still all like cried happy tears when he won the, the titles back home. A lot of, a lot of personal videos being shared around of people like blubbering. And Robbie is like holding up the belt. Um, and the coolest part is he's, he's still just Robbie, man. Like he's our coach, he's our friend. Um, he cares so much about like the reputation of Australian wrestling and, and PWA specifically, of course, because it's at home. He cares like so much. Um, and he brings every like ounce of passion and knowledge home with him. And ultimately, like what he really wants is to put us on the map. Um, so when you have someone like that as your coach at the top, like the, one of the best talents out of Australia, it just brings the rest of like the, the home, the rest of the country up with him. Um, it's, it's the coolest thing. Yeah, amazing guy. There's no doubt about that. And the fact that he still comes home and wrestles at uh, indie promotions back home is just spectacular that he does that. The, the question about that, though, and there's so many Aussies doing so well Overseas at the moment, uh, Rhea and Robbie, as you said, Grayson Weller is starting to get you know a, a bit of a name through the WWE and the like as he works his way through, and so many others that have worked their way into Hartwell. Another one for you guys. When is there a sense of you at wanting to pull the trigger and give it an absolute one thousand percent shot, or uh. you're just sort of holding back just a little bit, just waiting, wait. Where, where are you at? We uh, we were ready to pull the trigger right before COVID hit. We were we were bound to go back to America and, and wrestle for PWG. So, you know, two years of waiting have made us even hungrier now to the point where yeah. it's like you know, we're not willing to give it a thousand percent. We're we're ready to give it ten thousand percent now. Um, it's weird how I think out of this whole situation we've really kind of had an opportunity to kind of sit back and go, right, if we, if we don't want to pull the trigger, I guess this is what's going to be. This is what life will be for us in terms of just wrestling around here and, and just kind of, you know, stopping there. Whereas now, you know, we've had those two years to reflect and it's like, no, you know, we still want more. Um, so for us, you know, and we've had many discussions, me and Jude, you know, um, we're ready to pull the trigger. I think it's just a matter of an opportunity popping up and, uh, you know, the landscape's really changed over the last two years as well. Um, so, and, and that's super exciting as well. You know, I think it creates more opportunities and and more, you know, matches as well, more possibilities of, of working different teams. So, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, going to the United Kingdom again or, or going to the States or, you know, as we've mentioned before, you know, possibly going to Japan and maybe hopefully being able to chase, you know, a very similar path like Robbie. Um, for us, any opportunity anywhere, we're ready to take it. Eloquent. I don't even have to add anything. Paris is a very underrated promo. No, it's funny because I'm just listening to you talk and I'm just thinking to myself, and why why am I even on here? Just get <laughs> do it. This is tag team. What are you talking about, dude? It's what both here. That's <laughs> why you make a good tag team, um, yeah. working off of each other. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to give any anything away or anything, but like with international travel, we're still up in the air. 2022 is that a goal 
to, you know, if something does pop up or, you know, you're just unsure? No, 100% it's a goal. Um, just like Paris said, um, we, were, we were bound to go to PWG. We had flights and accommodation and everything for, like, WrestleMania weekend. We were going to perform there. Um, that got shut down. So I'd like to think that in 2022 we can just we can get it again and have an opportunity to work at PWG and wherever else we'll have us in America. And I feel like every time we talk and every podcast we do, it's always like we we feel like we would thrive uh, in Japan. So we'd love to go to Japan for a short amount of time, an extended amount of time. Whatever it is, we I feel like we need to get to Japan and just wrestle there. Um, yeah, but I feel like we'd love it, and I feel like we'd be a lot better for it because that's like a lot of the wrestling that we consume and that we adapt um, and we like make our style uh, from from watching a lot of tape from Japan. So I feel like that's the that's the place for us. Yeah, I can I can tell you what uh, I've definitely got my passport ready to go. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, doesn't matter where right now. We're, we're just we're just waiting for those for those borders to open, and uh, yeah, let's get going. Just reminded me, mine expired in February, and I haven't had a reason to. Oh uh, yeah, well, yeah. Top hey, it up, but yeah. uh, I think I might need to do that now. Probably very soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my wife's already looking at flights, and but we're not allowed to book anything because uh, every time we've gone to book another holiday, um, we've gone into a lockdown. So. Until uh, friends and family have gotten overseas, we're not allowed to book any holidays, uh, so we don't jinx it. But um, you know, talking about PWG, like just for myself, like a Jonah Rock and Buddy Matthews versus the Velocities in PWG, like something like that, like wrestling fans would salivate, especially the Auss- Aussie fans as well. You know, like they're going to be killing it on the US indie indie scene. You know, Jonah in Impact as well. Um, you know, yeah, sky's the limit as soon as guys can get back over there. Yeah, 100%. Those guys are already making it like a big splash. Um, I think it's also just very motivating, you know, out of, you know, quite a negative situation of, you know, obviously being released that, you know, they're still thriving and they're still really happy. And, um, you know, seeing their success again, just, you know, waving that banner of Australia again, it's just more motivating. And, uh, in terms of a potential matchup, man, we're going to have to beef up, dude. Whoa. <laughs> We've been trying to beef up. I mean, We've got to try harder. But, uh, but it's cool. I guess seeing, you know, the, the wealth of, of Australian talent becoming more and more well-known outside of the country is just super, super encouraging. So, yeah, the sky's the limit. And in terms of, of the independent scene, you know, it, it's, it's, it's growing even more now where I think a few years ago it was kind of diminishing from all the signings. So... Yeah, it's it's hard to comprehend just how many possibilities there are in terms of matchups and uh, and who's going to be where. For any young tag team combination listening to this podcast at the moment, listening to you guys, the one thing that stands out is the respect that you have for each other and the friendship that you have for each other. And knowing wrestling as we do, and and knowing wrestling combinations, there is no doubt that the best tag team combinations are either brothers or they've been mates for so bloody long that they might as well be brothers. Yeah. I think you guys are definitely in that latter category, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. If you ask uh, some people, they, they think we're brothers. So yeah. we could be both, man. I don't know. <laughs> the amount of times that we've been 
thought of as being actual brothers. I think I've lost count now. Um, but yeah, that goes such a long way. And, uh, you know, I think as our relationship has grown, you know, we, we also kind of, you know, we like to poke fun at each other and, and have a laugh as well. Um, but that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm so lucky to be able to, you know, do something that I love with, you know, somebody that I love. And, you know, I, there's no way I would have the confidence to do it by myself. So I think it's have somebody next to me or I can just go, hey, you know, I'm scared to death. Let's do it. So, you know, um, it's it's. I think there's nothing cooler than than doing something like this with your best mate. That's all I can really say. Definitely doing what we love with who you love is the best thing ever. And sometimes, the best part of a night of, of wrestling, depending on the night, it's the hugging before we go out the curtain and just embracing, man. Yep. We're about to do what we love. It's the fucking coolest. That's what Tony and I used to do when we were allowed in the studio before lockdown. So, <laughs> so, uh, so true, true bromance. Um, that was a good hug, man. Wait. Oh, no. It, yeah, I've got some some mates that are bigger than I am and they give the best hugs. And, and there is nothing like it. You're That's right. It. Now, talking a bit uh, closer to home and, uh, you know, a bit of a makeshift tag team with the uh, – Mitch Waterman and Royce Chambers, they've been talking a little bit online. Um, you know, and they're, they're keeping their mystery tag team partner up their sleeve as well. I don't know what that's about. Maybe they, they need something up their sleeve to, um, you know, match it with you three guys with uh, Matt Diamond. Um, yeah. You looking forward to coming back to Melbourne? Yes. Very, very hungry. Uh, I think more than anything, I think with, you know, some of the comments that have been made, and a few pokes and digs at Sydney, you know, again, it's, it's even more motivation. Um, you know, we've been locked up for a few months. Uh, you know, right before lockdown, you know, we were in Melbourne and we were challenging for the, you know, the MCW tag titles. So for us, uh, you know, as much as our, our goal and our focus is to get back the PWA Tag Team Championships, doesn't mean that we don't want more, you know, and we're looking at MCW and, and you know, we want them. Yeah. There are, I mean, there are some people that say we're the most in demand, like faction or, or tag team in the country. And I mean, I don't know if that's true, but it sure is nice to hear people say that. Um, and then, you know, Mitch and, and Royce are talking, like just talking a bunch of shit online, just, you know, just um, poking a bit of fun. But also, I think you hit the nail on the head, Lyle, well, keeping, keeping the third man a mystery. Maybe they need that edge. Um, I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's what it is, man, because they know they're coming up against Speed Force um, in our home of Max Watts, December third. Um, by the way, first first show back at Max Watts, that's gonna that's gonna be so dope. That's gonna be a fucking great night. It's gonna yeah. be awesome. Um, the atmosphere there, it's it's unlike it's unlike anything else that I've, I've experienced in wrestling so far. It just has a, it just has a unique vibe about it. Um, so yeah, we're definitely excited to. Teach those boys a lesson. Well, we were fortunate enough to actually be there the night Royce made his debut for PWA at Max Watts a couple yep. of years ago. Yeah, a long time ago now. And, yeah. uh, was, that, was, was that weekend. maybe Col- Coliseum weekend? Coliseum weekend three well, years I mean, ago, I reckon. Yeah, so yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. But yeah, it is a homecoming for PWA. Get back to Max Watts, and then is that like wrestling has returned? Like, that's the stamp. Like, no, this is it. 
we're not going back. We're going forward, you know, feeling the energy from the crowd backstage to when you do, you guys have that hug before you walk through that curtain, you know, like I can see the smiles on your faces now yeah. thinking about it. Like yeah. what's that, that feeling like just waiting for that? hundred percent. When we're at Max Watts, you know, that's our home. We're back. And in terms of, you know, for Royce and Mitch, uh, you know, I think Royce got a t- like a taste of it. He's had some experience, but, uh, you know, a lot's changed over those years. And uh, I think it's one thing, you know, to look at us as opponents, but you've also got to understand the atmosphere as well. And uh, can they handle it? You know, we can. And uh, yeah. is can they? And I don't yeah. think they can. As, as a trio as well, um, Paris, myself, and, and Matt Diamond, Uncle Mort, we, um, you know, we've had a lot of experience. We've been places as a trio. Um, Paris and I have this, like, unspoken chemistry, but then we, we, we get in there with Mort as well, and it's like something else, man. It's adding another flavour to the mix. Um, so we are, we are well established in, in what we can do as a trio. Um, and you got this, like, a lot of, lot of cool mel- talent from Melbourne. you got Royce. You got Mitchie, um, great, great young talents. Um, but can they mesh as a as a tag? And then whoever they got as a trio, I don't know who it is. Is it Emin mean, the Kid? Is is it Nick Berry? Is T they kind of sabbatical? I don't know. Um, is it Slex? Have they got the chemistry that that we do? That Speed Force has as a trio. Um, that's the other question they've got to ask themselves. I think Emin the Kid would point. slip in there nicely. That's for sure as the trio. Those three against you three. Well, oh, yeah, catch that on uh, Fight TV. Fans are fans are looking forward to that. Um, I do have a question from Royce. Uh, you take it how it will. I know he doesn't okay. like to take things too seriously. Okay, let's go. Uh, win, win, lose, or draw. Uh, you guys like party mix lollies, and would you share them backstage? It, it's an unspoken rule. You you absolutely share that. It's a party mix. What party has one person? Yeah, probably thinking why I've taken it so you know personal. It's because it happened to me, you know. Um, old Matt Roycey is an absolute fiend for lollies, so uh, <laughs> yeah, you share it absolutely. Boy, not sharing a party mix in the locker room—such a cock move. And that's you, Royce. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I tell you what, you think the motivation's about you know PWA versus MCW, my friends? It's about lollies. It's all it is. <laughs> all the- I'll, I'll- I could have party. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this. Build, building a feud off a, a part, pack of party mix. Like we almost had had a falling out when um, we actually took Royce up to the PWA Coliseum show, and he shared a hotel room with with us guys. Um, and he wouldn't share his two minute noodles with Tony. Oh, and it was, would he? He, so it was it was it was I don't know. Don't get in between Royce and his noodles. Um. Yeah, 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 and Tony was... Tony slept on the couch and gave Royce the main bed because yeah, you know, he was wrestling that weekend. Doing so. the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, yeah, maybe, guys. Maybe Max we... Watts. Maybe we have a party mix. Share it between five people. How about that? Yeah, you can get one of those one kilo bags. Yeah, the big ones, three fifty at Woolworths. I think at the moment they're on special. <laughs> Not bad. Maybe we now. Stop up now. Uh, the fact that Welshy isn't a part of our podcast today is fantastic for me and Lyle because it gives us a little bit of freedom to do our own thing and something I've been wanting to do, especially with uh, a tag team combination like yourselves, is just to find out how well you actually really do know each other. Sure. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about the other person and I want you to answer 
and we'll find out whether the other person agrees with you or not. Oh, so, Paris, I'll, Paris, I'll start off with you Yeah. about Jude. <laughs> you guys have been mates for a long, long time. Can you remember his very first love interest? His very first? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you would have been there. Oh, well, this isn't good, is it? <laughs> I thought you were going to go with middle names and favourite colours, Tony. Uh, this is very nice. the top. Very. <laughs> I think you guys first meet. I can, I can answer that for you. All right, go. Yep. If you want. It All was, right, that'll uh, do. Without do? That'll uh, do. I, I'll even give you, I think, the, the match he was in as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was backstage at a, at a promotion called Blue Mounds Pro Wrestling. Uh, it was May of 2016. And... Uh, there was a bit of talk backstage because there was a guy there who looked like me and vice versa. So that was kind of like the talk of the town. Shook hands. Uh, he was in another team at the time called Blue Steel. And I'd like to say you were wrestling, oh, was it Mehmet and one? I think, I think, the, that, I think that might have been the second Blue Mountains wrestling match that I had. Right. Maybe it was that one, or the first one was against the ragtag duo of Big Fudge and Kai Drake. Ah, see, I messed it up. It was one of those two, man. I don't know my history. Yeah, while shaking his head. Sure, <laughs> I don't know. Tony's, Tony's gone off on his own. I don't know where this segment's <laughs> going. I haven't got any answers to any. I haven't gone no. on cage match and found out answers the, to any uh, of these questions. The obvious, oh. the, obvious thing, the obvious thing that's happened here is I need to pull it back just a fraction, so I will. <laughs> yeah, not so I'll, personal. I'll just, I'll just yeah. say this to be fair to Paris. He knows my current love interest very well, very well. My first love interest, I think the only thing that my wrestling family knows about my first love interest is that my ex was a bitch. That's all I say about it. So I don't think he knows <laughs> about happens. my first love interest. It happens. Yeah. Jude, what is Paris's favourite colour? Oh, shit, man. I don't know. We didn't talk about colours. Is it, is it red? I feel like it's red. Yeah, nod of the head. It's red. Ding. Beautiful. <laughs> Paris. Yep. What is Jude's favourite song? Oh, my gosh. Um... Jeez, maybe they didn't know each other as well as I thought they did. <laughs> You know, not, enough not, car, not enough car trips even, together, Tony, for songs. It changes every week. I feel like this is what... I don't have a favourite song. It, we, it's really weird because our dynamic is we are so similar in terms of our interest in wrestling, but outside of wrestling, me and Jude couldn't be more different. I'll tell you that much, right? Really? Yeah. Very, very much so. But as much as it changes, I want to say that it was the winning song of Eurovision this year, Mana Skin. I can't remember the exact song. Zippy Abwani. See, that's what I mean. There you go. All right. Well, I'm sure that's what Tony had written down, and yeah. you probably could pronounce that too. Very much so. Uh, a, a final one. A final uh, one. Oh, geez. I don't know if I want to ask it live. That's okay. We're live, pal. Jude, <laughs> tell us something funny about Paris, something that no one would know that we would absolutely find hilarious. That whether it be a trait, does he put on his right sock and his right shoe first before he's left? Just something weird about Paris. Oh man, um, my head's racing. There's so many things I've got to choose one to say. Oh, oh no, please tell us all. 
right, here's one. When um, <laughs> when Paris cooks a lovely dinner, cooks like a lovely bowl of lentils, very good mm. like beef mince, turkey mince even, very good bowl of chili. When Paris is cutting up onions, he'll put he'll put a spoon in his mouth while he's cutting it up because he believes that it stops him from crying when it, when he uh, eats the onions, and it's so silly. <laughs> does, does it work though? Uh, work? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's the best part. That it's a, it's even a, work. It's a mind over matter thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I read it and I wanted to have one witness. And I thought there's no better witness than my tag partner. And yeah, let's just say it, it didn't work out. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't cut onions and then you, you rub the sink. That's an old one. You know, you just rub oh. the, the metal oh. sink. Um, I think it must be the metal. Try that. I'm just saying. Um, We're getting into cooking chat now, but my trick is I I chew gum. I think it works. I haven't cried. Okay. Okay. I just get my wife to cut the onions and then I come in with (laughs) the sauce later. Hit rate. That works 100% of the time. Yep. Guaranteed. Um, Can I give one one embarrassing about Tony just so you guys aren't left with anything? Yeah. Yeah. He... um, Tony years and years ago was on the on the news and he got a tattoo on his ass while while on the news. So that's somewhere on YouTube, uh, Tony. We yeah, can probably is. share that. So it's a it's a um, tattoo of the Melbourne Knights Football Club. I was commentating the National Soccer League back all those days ago, and I made the comment after the Melbourne Knights lost to Brisbane. I think it was at they were playing at Geelong that the Melbourne Knights couldn't make the finals. Well, all the Croatians got a bit upset about that. So they got on the phone, talk back, having a go. One guy said, if they make the finals, you've got to get their logo tattooed on your body. And I said, well, I'll get it tattooed on my bum because it'll be pure ass if they do. And it still sits there as we speak. Oh, I know. So, Tony, is your ass on TV? Is that what it is? Yeah, it was. Yes. It was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You've got a famous ass, dude. How many people? (laughs) SBS Vicelander was on. Was (laughs) And that's not the first time Tony's made an ass of himself on TV. No, very, very is, um, yeah. Um, hey, guys, before we let you go, uh, it, it's a fantastic concept, this MCW versus PWA concept over the next few weeks. So the 3rd of December up in Sydney and then back here in Melbourne on the 18th of December. That's right. Um, December 18th, I believe it's at a venue called, is it the Globe or the Theatre? Um, Thornbury Theatre. That might be for December nineteenth. Yeah, that's the other know. one. Yeah, the the Saturday the Saturday night is with the private function uh, oh, right. band yes. and, and wrestling, and then Sunday is at Thornbury Theatre. So yeah. a wrestling Sunday weekend. MCW versus PWA Worlds Collide. I believe that's going to be live on Fight TV as well. Yeah, correct. Yes. It's exciting. Does it sort of give it? Does it give? the matches a bit more impotence, like, you know, that sort of state versus state, that state of origin type stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for a while it's kind of been a thought for many people um, and for it to actually be happening now is is a huge step. So, and, you know, right now it's between, you know, an MCW and a PWA, but that's not to say that it can't extend to other states as well. Yeah. So, um, and there's always been such a wealth of talent. You know, I keep going back to that, you know, it, it, so, I, again, the amount of opportunities that we have at this scene now, 
you know, sky's the limit. And I think if anything, what a statement's going to make to the rest of, you know, the world and, and the other scenes. And I think, you know, really there's no better independent scene in the world than Australia. So yeah, I think this is just possibly one of many. The only company you won't be wrestling is, sorry, mate, I was going to say the only company you won't be wrestling until the end of next year is EPW because Perth just won't open up for another 12 months at least. I, I think it's because they're scared of PWA. That's uh, just- it could be. I'm sure Mark McGowan's very scared of PWA. <laughs> I'm sure he is. You got anything else, Lyle, for the boys? No, just want to say, you know, good luck. You know, we all wrestling fans as a whole, you know, we're, we're chomping at the bit to see you guys back in a ring, you know, coming back to Melbourne. We're looking to do a couple of interstate trips next year, which we already had plans in the last couple of years that got, um, you know, cancelled. But, you know, um, yeah, good luck, guys. You know, it's been been a good chat. You got anything else you want to plug? You want to plug your Instagram, your um, your, your Twitter handles and where everyone can catch you? I, I'm hopeless, so I might as well go first. So if I butcher any, uh, Jude can, can cover it up. Uh, Twitter, I'm on Paris, at Paris is Silver 22 and on Instagram, underscore, at Spine Spirit. I'm on, I'm on everything. Just look up Jude the Dude London or, or Jude Dude London. They're my handles. Um, I learned I learned how to use social media a lot more during lockdown when I got my my home gym and started working out more. So, yeah, you can see a bunch of stuff there. Um, and, just... and all the all the wrestling stuff that we plug because we are some very busy boys at the end of 2021. Um, fortunately for us, we have a lot of bookings coming through. Fantastic. Hey, Lyle, I've just got love handles that I haven't named yet, so I won't talk about them. <laughs> uh, all I've got to say is, as we say goodbye is Robbie Eagle still comes on this program once a year to have a chat to us. So don't forget who your mates are when you're big, and that won't be too far away. <laughs> yeah. Well, Robbie's taught us well because he hasn't forgotten. <laughs> Good on you, guys. All the best. Congratulations. I just feel that 2022 is going to be a massive year for you blokes. And we really look forward to following your fortunes and uh, seeing where it ends up. Well done. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks for having us, guys. The Velocity is joining us here on the Turnbuckle. And welcome back, part two of the show. I hope you enjoyed that, boys. That was really good, Tony. Uh, I really enjoyed that. They, uh, I do like the velocities. They're good. They're good guys. Um, and I've always enjoyed talking to them. And I think you and well, mostly you. I was there, but you did a good job. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. I actually said at the start, and I was quite surprised. The first time we've actually had them on as a pairing. We've had them on individually. For the first mm. time in four years of doing the program that we've actually had them on as a uh, as a team. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of tag teams on together. It might be something we look at in the future, if if just so you can play the dating game with them. Yes. <laughs> and, and look, I, I love the interview, but there wasn't enough talk about dogs, and I and I know that the velocities love dogs. So yeah, maybe well, next time. You, it's true. Look, Jules did put in a request for you to ask questions about dogs. Um, well, you didn't put that in with me. I think you might have put it in with with uh, Lyle. 
Oh, that, that's yeah. why it happened, didn't it? I sent it to Lyle. Yeah, oh that's God. what didn't happen. There were dogs barking in the background, though. I actually thought while she was watching. Uh, let, let, speaking of uh, of Lyle, where the hell is he? Well, he couldn't be here today. Apparently, it's the uh, anniversary of him and one of his mate's wives' first date. So, <laughs> you got to celebrate that. Does his mate get to go on that? No, that no, no, or? no. Just Lyle and his mate's wife. Okay. Um, Apparently, they went. Was- they went on their first. They went to their first concert together, like this time five years ago or something. So they're. Because he was that. he was requesting we record it at some ungodly hour at one stage. I well, he wanted to re- he wanted to record at four thirty in the afternoon, and that was not going to happen. That's when he usually has his dinner. Yeah, correct. He's a bit exactly. of a pensioner. Exactly. So I'm definitely not doing it before he has his dinner because I know what he's like before he eats. We always tell him we usually record after his dinner because he's usually sprawled out on the bed, Homer Simpson style. Yeah. Exactly. Who, who do you think he actually resembles when he's lying on that couch? Is it is it Homer Simpson or is it Al Bundy? No, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we can't see where his hand is, and I suspect it's in his belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point too. Hey guys, let's get straight into it. Uh, what an amazing night Saturday night was the uh, the very first death match down under death match tournaments. It uh, lived up to all the expectations. Oh, visceral. Viscera. Visceral. Not oh. viscera. Yeah. Uh, viscera. Mabel. Uh, yeah. Um uh, look, it, it started hard and then and then just carried on. It, it was an incredible night. Jules, uh, for people that weren't there, had a very f- exclusive front row seat. You were right into the action. Did you actually get showered with glass at any point or blood or anything? I, I want to give a big shout out to all the ring crew because the, the addition of the barriers and there was a bit of extra distance. So normally you come away from a show like that full of spooky dust in your chest and then the next day you can't speak properly. Um, they did an amazing job of keeping the crowd safe. So, yeah, great job. And if you watch um, JXTV that he's put up today, you get a good idea of the amount of work the ring crew were doing between matches for cleaning the ring and stuff. So... It's worth having a look at that just to, you know, to catch up on the kind of work that goes into a show like that. Can I, uh, and I will give them a shout out as well, the ring crew. There was a five maximum seven minute gap between matches and you have never seen so much glass, dust, whatever, barb, uh, tacks, whatever there was. It was just spread across the ring, across the floor, and these guys just get in there with the brooms, bang, 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 shovel it up, underneath it goes, and the next the next match, I could not believe how quickly they did that. Yeah, it turns out you don't need to chant for people sweeping. You can just appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I got there a little bit late, but... Um, you did, I actually. got I got there uh, in time for the semifinals, and... Um, that uh, and like Callum Butcher um, winning the tournament was a really good story, and he's a nice guy, Callum. Uh, he's always been really good to us, and to see him have his moment in the ring at the end of that tournament um, with Joel, who's been a really strong mentor to him um, in wrestling, that was really, really good to see. Yeah, I, I could talk about it all night, but, but I have to. I can't wait to see it in uh, on IWTV in sort of glorious grapple vision. I'm, I'm looking uh, forward to seeing that. But 
But one thing that was uh, perhaps a bit under the radar that's worth calling out is Mad Dog versus Vixen. When, when you see that match on the card, you, you, you think you, you know what it's going to be like. But um, they pulled out like a Mac classic, which, which I loved and, and really popped for. And, and I have to say, me and, and uh, Andrew next to me, we were joking a little bit and said, oh, my God, it's like they're going to pull out an octopus hold. And they pulled out an octopus hold. Uh, so I popped huge for that. Just defying expectations, uh, Vixen flying through the ropes with a, a, a great Tope Suicida. I, I just thought that that was, you know, amongst all of the wonderful stories. And I think Callan nearly made me cry um, with the win. But yeah, just a, well, just a great flow. Mad Dog's really, if you ever hear Mad Dog talk about deathmatch wrestling, his theory is that you need to have good wrestling within the matches. And he's always doing uh, there was chain wrestling in his match with Callan as well where they did some chain wrestling through glass and things like that he's big on on having the wrestling moves in there so that to illustrate we're not just standing there belting each other over the head with things we're having a wrestling match um within the confines of the deathmatch environment and without mad dog and i said it last week but without mad dog there is no this show's not happening there's no one yeah. keeping that flame alive for all those years. And he doesn't like the credit. He doesn't listen to anything. He doesn't, he's not on social media anywhere. But um, that's why it's important that when you're at a show and Mad Dog's wrestling at it, um, you've got to let him know how much you appreciate him because, you know, we don't, he's been around for a long time. We don't know how much longer he'll be around for, um, pr- probably till, he, till he's 80, he'll be the next George Julio. But um, it's, you got to show him your love when you get a chance. He do, and he showed a lot of love for Vixen as well at the end of their match, to the to the extent that it felt like it might have been a tribute match for Vixen. I don't know. It just just the way he spoke about her seemed like she mightn't have many matches left in her either. Yeah, I'm, I'm only saying sure that. I'm only saying that from there, what yeah. I observed. I don't know anything, but it just it seemed like that to me. All I'm saying is that if we don't have Joel versus Vixen in a no rope barbed wire match, then I'll, I'll be sorely disappointed. Mm. Um, the other, I wanted to give a shout out also to the um, to the guys in the tag team match, which um, was an important match to have because it was something different. Um, I mean, I probably still would have tried to run this show over two weeks. They have the two shows in a row, and I think that might have paced the show just that tiny bit better. But um, having that sort of palate freshener of the tag team match before the main event was really good. And the guys from BDE, like we'll start with the other team, uh, like Kobe and Will Walker, sorry, uh, Kid Valiant and uh, um, Will Walker, they they did what they needed to do. They flew around and, and bumped and And the guys from BDE, have, they're unique in Australian wrestling. I don't think there's a tag team like them anywhere in the country, especially to be that good after three matches. You know, they're they're special. That was the first time I got to see them live. And the crowd, I mean, this is a this is a deathmatch crowd, and they popped for these guys that are just the biggest faces you could have in wrestling. I mean, they are right up there with you know the nicest guys around, and they loved them. It's like a cross between the street profits and the Steiners, which is a bizarre yeah. combination, but they've got that charisma. And then they've got that energy of like the the move set of the Steiners. They're really enjoyable package. The big D Scott is he? I'm not sure. 
They're both well, big yeah. guys. Let, let's not say that they've got the moveset of Scott Steiner too much because that's a, that's a smorgasbord of all kinds of bullshit. But um, yeah, um, look, I, I can't personally can't wait to see more matches. That that was my first match seeing them. And, and look, I'd, I'd love to see that exponential growth as they develop and, and go on. Well, they've got a big match this week um, on the DMDU show. They're in a title match with... Corndog and Lily Blaze and Aisha and Murdoch. So that'll be that'll that'll be a fun match. Yeah, I saw the uh, Flavor Town were there, and I just want to see Guy Fieri uh, shirts in the crowd. That that would be amazing for me. And really head to Flavor Town, but no, I'm, in all seriousness, that that's going to be a um, something that's going to perhaps go a bit under the radar in the next one. So yeah, I think that's going to be great. And as we wrap up our coverage of DMDU. Heavyweight title this week. Uh, give us a bit of a preview of the show, boys. Who's going to win? This is a hard one to call. There's 21, I think, people in a gauntlet kind of battle royal. I don't know how it's going to work, but um, it might be kind of a rumble. I've got no idea who's going to win. Um, I mean, my answer to this question every single time is and always will be Royce Chambers. But I've got a feeling like a dark horse could win it. Um, like Gore could win it, but one who slips under the radar a bit, who's been having an unbeaten run at DMDU is Tyson Baxter. And that's someone I'd like to see maybe, you know, surprise, shock the world, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and look, from, from my perspective, it's, it's sad for me that Cage Match still shows that it's Richie and Zane Taylor um, wrestling. I'm sure that will be updated by the, the legends who do that. But the, the story for me, and as much as I hate to say it, to see JXT win that Rumble would uh, pop me huge. And I want to see that because I want to see where he would go, actually backing up all of that ridiculous cockiness with something legitimate for a change. <laughs> what about you, Tony? Uh, oh, I don't know. I'd like to see JXT win. I like yeah, I you're, a big, you're, you're a big Jake Andrew Arthur fan as well. Yeah, I am a big Jake Andrew Arthur fan until he actually had a go at me. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, so Jeez, if you but if you only picked wrestlers who've never had a go at you, it wouldn't leave you many. No, that's very true. That's very true. No, I'm a Jake's T Mark. I'll go for Jake's T. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens, but I know that um we don't know who's gonna win, but oh, is Royce in? Yeah, he's in there. That's who I picked. Oh, then maybe Royce. Well, I don't know, but who have a big wins? Royce mark as well. But, Can we but have he'd a have Royce? to do double duty, wouldn't he? Because he's. I've got slept Edward with Dust. Royce. Royce and I have uh, slept. No, Edward does in the same room. The show in Geelong. Mm. Um, I oh, look at anyone. Like there, there are a lot of people that can win this match. You've got a lot of guys who, um, like Corn Dog, will be in this match, and you'll have. Um, all the guys from the tag team matches, all the girls, like it'll be a full-on battle royal. And like, I mean, Gore's a Gore's a huge chance to win this. This is a heavyweight match. Too. Yeah, this is a heavyweight match. How are you meant to pick a winner? Yeah, exactly. Um, but we've been promised that whoever does win, we've got them next week. Okay. For a championship celebration. Um, Gore, I saw Gore this morning. He told yep. me he was definitely going to win. Um, and who am I to doubt him? Mm. Ooh. 
Oh, there you go. So there is. I can't see it. So can you just read it? You read that out? Please? Yeah. So it's just confirmation that we've got Edward Dusk versus Royce Chambers in a single match, singles match on the uh, peer pressure. With well, well, Ed- Edward Dusk could win it. Yeah. Edward Dusk could win it. He, he's he's fantastic. So really, I don't know. And I think you can never rule out on a rumble somebody who's already wrestled to win it. And I think that's important to bear in mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially in Australia where most where the whole card needs to do double duty. Well, I mean, there could be someone in this match we don't even know is on the card. Like it's a rumble, anything can happen, right? Joel could go exactly. TNT and put it on himself. <laughs> hey, uh, we spoke extensively in the interview with uh, the Velocities about their match with or their matches with Aussie Open and how that all went down. I was amazed to see that Aussie Open have lost their titles. Nobody more amazed than me. Um, look, I'm, I'm very happy to be going to see Ref Pro in a couple of weeks in, in the UK, but I'm, I'm very much less happy that Kylan Davis lost to the, the Knight family from fighting with my family. Right? So it's, it's Paige's brother and Paige's nephew, um, which is odd. And, and by the way, Ricky Knight Jr., is on the global stage a fantastic wrestler um her dad his dad sorry is what well, i'm just gonna say he's not somebody who wrestles very often and is a little bit problematic but uh, from a wrestling point of view i genuinely can't see why kylan davis um would lose the belts but but i will say if you do see it uh, and see the gifts or, or watch the replay there is an outstanding top rope destroyer through a table. So, you know, just for a spot, that, that was a, a hell of a thing. Jules, when we send you to the UK in a couple of weeks to go to this show, uh, is there any chance that maybe you can um, pick up a couple of words with a few of the wrestlers when you're at the show? So you're oh. at least work, so it's at least a working holiday. Well, you can more than happy claim to. it. You can claim it as taxing. No, isn't we don't have pain. Hey, no, but that's I mean, can, but if he's actually going over there for work, he's going over and, there for work. And if we play us, the interviews, I played that whole Chicago trip. I claimed on tax. Of course you did, because I did some WWE interviews. And, if you're listening, tax office, it was all above board. But it is above board. I was there for work. This is our job. Well, maybe you can claim it for tax because I pay you to be on this. So. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true. Good point. Hey, something but yeah, else. Something I've got to put on the resume. Oh, yeah, keep going. Sorry. No, I'll just say I'll get interviews with Shota Umino and Yota Suji, and we'll see how that works out. We we met Shota um, in Melbourne. He's very very friendly. Um, we That's something I've got to put on the something I've got to put on the run sheet. Um, That's unusual. Yeah, it is unusual. Um, for me, but Lyle's been doing them. I'm out of practice. Yeah. Um, Seth Rollins got attacked <laughs> by a fan. Um, Tony, have you ever seen the TV show Catfish? Yes, I have. So I, I now I read about this. So apparently, the fan got catfished by a Seth Rollins fake Twitter account or something. It was a fake account somewhere, but um, yeah, so he got catfished and scammed out of some money. And so he attacks Seth Rollins. It's it's look, obviously it's a disgrace. So he attacks he attacks Seth because he believed it was Seth, or he just he must blamed. he must have. Yeah. He must have. He's obviously not a very well individual. Wow. But it's it's not the worst spear I've seen in a Seth Rollins match, I have to say. No, that's what I said. What? He could have got a contract with the WWE. Oh. It was a great spear. 
Well, I thought Seth handled it pretty well. He got the guy in mm. a bit of a hammerlock and sort of just held him there until security came and then got away. Like it could these situations, you don't know if someone's got a knife. You don't know what's going on. Um, no, you're right. It could have been a lot. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I don't think he could have handled it any better than what he did. Um, I've seen a few uh, old school wrestlers saying they should have kicked the crap out of him, but there's cameras everywhere. You got to even in a situation like that, you have got a duty of care, and I think he, well, I think he did pretty well. And he went out and did another spot at the end of the show, so he's a total pro. Yeah, yeah I make light of it, but uh, one thing I will say is, don't jump the barriers. Don't get involved in wrestling. Have a bit of fun. Have a bit of banter. Shout a bit. Cheer a bit. But don't jump barriers. It's, it's the worst. Yeah, I, it's good security. Mm. I tell you who I'd like to see speared like that is that guy in the UK who keeps going on the field. Like it was funny the first time, but oh. God, was that the same guy? He... Was that the same guy that went on the racetrack the other day? I don't know. There's some guy that ran on the racetrack the other day. He's been out for rugby. He's been out for cricket a few times. Mm. Give it a rest, mate. You're worse Give than Peter Hall. Peter Hall, that's him. Exactly. The, the bloke that cost Australia the World Cup well, start. Good news is we're costing ourselves the World Cup at the yeah. moment. So <laughs> Very true. Hey, uh, we also spoke to the guys of the Velocities about the upcoming MCW versus PWA matches. So we've got the 3rd of December in Sydney at Max Watts. And then the boys are coming down here from PWA to Melbourne for uh, a weekend of wrestling on the 18th of December. Yeah, they've got the double header. So the first night on the Saturday night, they've got the the gig with Private Function, which I'm going to because I'm a fan of Private Function. Um, oh, so it's not a Private Function. It's with it's a band. It's a band called Private oh, Function. I actually thought it was a Private Function because I was wondering, can I no. go? But obviously, I can. Of course, you can go if you like watching some good punk music. You can go. Well, they won't be um, as good as when I saw Johnny Lydon at the Seaview. Well, you could, I think they can play their instruments better than Johnny Lydon, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Private Function, they're a good band from uh, from Footscray too, so good good guys. And uh, their songs are hilarious. So they've got titles of their songs like Dial Before You Dig, um, No Hat, No Play, you know, mm. good Aussie banter. So just to confirm... Anyone can go. It's not a private function. No, tickets are for sale to go see private function. Look, when I spoke to the guys, they called the band private function because they wanted people to not come to their gigs. Well, they nearly worked with me. <laughs> I don't think you'll be there. No, well, I'm, no. Oh, well, you never know. No, actually, no. My friend from Sierra Leone's getting married on that day. So I've got to watch it on Zoom. Have you been catfished by someone from Sierra Leone? I think you've been catfished. No, 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 seriously. I've got a friend. Look, and then tomorrow he's got his Nigerian prince. <laughs> his name's Emmanuel. He's a cricketer. He plays cricket. Oh, it's a cricket, yeah, because cricket's a big sport in Sierra Leone. It's getting bigger. They <laughs> lost to Bangladesh by only 200 runs this time around. It was in a 10-over match. Yeah, 10-over match. <laughs> They're getting much better. Uh, really looking forward, though, to this MCW-PWA tournament. State versus state. I was going to say mate versus mate, but I don't think that's right. I don't know, but Royce has told me he's going to squash the velocities. Well, squash them. Yeah, as you heard, they were a little bit uh, 
peeved about the fact that Royce and Mitch have been doing some social media against them? Well, I think that's the aim. Mm. I'm, I'm team Mitchie and Royce and whoever the third man is. Now, EPW over in Perth have reawakening 20 this weekend. And let's let's talk a little bit about the fact that EPW in Perth have been running a show that has been going for 20 years. That's amazing. They are the they are the stalwart company in Australian wrestling. Yeah. I think what's really exciting about this is that it's a card so big and the following is so good that David Storm didn't feel the need to be on it. And I think that's well, he didn't qualify. Story. Poor Dave. Mm. Make sure you're everyone reach out to David Storm this weekend. Yeah. Like support the old man. The old grandfather. The old grandfather of wrestling. The clock. Honestly, if you've never seen EPW before in person or, or online, uh, and you only ever watch one EPW show, this is probably the one. Um well, the fact that you've got Mikey Nichols versus Julian Ward for the championship, and Mikey's had that title for over 700 days. And it's no DQ. Well, That's Julian a- Ward hasn't had a bad match in four years. And Mikey Nichols is a is one of the best wrestlers this country's ever produced. So yeah. that's that alone, like you would pay to go just to see that. Like you it actually doesn't need to be an undercut. My money's on choice. Well, I would pay to go to Perth to go see it if I was allowed to. Well, you're not allowed to. You'll end up in jail like those Melbourne supporters. Yeah, correct. And I don't want to do that because that would mean I couldn't do the show with you guys. Well, it would be it'd funny be for us, basis. though. Yeah, it would be hilarious. Good fodder. You can, make that, you, you can make it your weekly call tone. <laughs> <laughs> would you accept a, a call from a prisoner at the Barwon Centre? <laughs> you were the only one they just lock in Fremantle jail because you're the only one yeah. in Australia that was still alive when it was Nice jail, Fremantle, actually. It looks a lot like Mel- old Melbourne jail. It's got a market just out the front. Great market. Mm. Nice, it's really nice little market. creatures as well. Nice. Uh, um, speaking of little creatures, yes, or oh, big creatures, I, you can't let this go without talking about the Untouchables explode. So Marcus mm. Smith versus Damian Slater is a main event in most wrestling organisations in Australia and beyond. Yeah, so, I think it, I think it would be as good as a match as you're going to see around the world. Um, yeah. I was talking to Kevin Chiat, and he's he thinks that Marcus Pitt's work this year has been as good as anybody's on the planet. Mm. And he's a pretty tough judge, Kev. Hey, look, he knows his shit, and, mm. and I have to say, the other semi-final in the Invitational tourney is the Don versus Gavin McGavin. Those four in semi-finals of a tournament, they're some Where of the best wrestlers you'll see. I'm and good. the get the battle of the battle of styles between McGavin and the Don. Um, I think that like styles make matches, and that's one where uh, where you know it could it could be sleeper for match of the night. And what I'm always shocked with with EPW is like they've had some of these guys have been at the top of the card for a long time, but the matches stay fresh because you haven't seen them work together that often. Mm. And, and just quickly, look, there's, there's the tag team titles as well. There's the Coastal Championship as well. And that's how you, you've got people like um, Casey Johns and, and James Harkness for the, the tag team titles. You've got 
people like the um, the Zenkano experience um, in in the tag team championship. Um, you've got like Aaron Hawk, who's their coastal champ. Um, Kyle Steria, who's really good, and Taylor King, who is a Liverpool fan. Jeez, if uh, think, well, think you've done some research, fan. Jules. I, I still from love Perth, Tony. Yeah, I, I, I used to go and see yeah. the ETW and, and, I, and I love it. So, Gavin um, McGavin, anyway. my tip for the tournament there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, on, I'm on pit. Mm. Uh, Gavin, definitely. I love Gavin as a bloke. Now, is there any truth to the rumour that we may have caused a little bit more controversy with our friends over at WrestleBrainia? I might have lost as a listener as well, Tony. Who would that be, Jeff? No. Oh, it wouldn't who? matter if we lost uh, lost him. Uh, well, let's just start with the positives. I've still got the trophy. Yeah, well done. Um, did we did we deserve to win it? Well, I didn't get a question wrong. Okay. Well, wasn't get, in the, did you get one right? No, I wasn't on the show. But look, there wasn't. What I noticed was there wasn't really a winner announced. Um. And a fight broke out on stage. And I saw Aisha trying to claim the trophy. Mm. So I pretended to congratulate her and I took it. Yeah. So Possessions, Aisha, you've she didn't. Re- yeah, she, I don't think she's talking to me. Um, but these things happen. Um, I'm, but because now I've got the trophy... We'll be defending that trophy at um, Comic Con on the 11th of December. Oh, that's so, not too far away. No, it's not too far away. Um, and I still haven't been booked. No, no, you you, you no show their shows. So I think you might have um, done your dash. But um, Comic Con, the Saturday is it Saturday the 11th? I'm not even sure. Yeah, um, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. Like, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to beat Aisha again. Um, so, yeah, mate. Right. Who, who's Aisha anyway? She's a very, very good, news? a very good friend of the show. Well, we do have some Aisha news because the Renegades have announced their latest roster member, and it is Oh, no, Aisha. don't tell me it's Aisha. It's Aisha. Awkward. Yeah. Um. Well, does someone want to put her over? Well, you won't. So no, I'm. I'm she's like me. This is a great signing for the Renegades. She is one of the great young talents in Australian wrestling, male or female, and she is on a bit of a shooting star at the moment. She's the last twelve months or so when she's been able to wrestle, she's put up some fantastic performances, and uh, yeah, especially yeah. at Wrestle Rock, she's been fantastic at Wrestle Rock. Like, yeah. look at truthfully. Character-wise, I think she's top five in the country uh, easily. Um, and for her age, she's the best character yeah. worker in the country. So I think it's a good signing. Um, I saw her on the poster for the new Wrestle Rock show as well. So she is definitely everywhere at the moment. And I think next year, next year with, with a full COVID unaffected year, Hopefully, she's so busy that she forgets about the WrestleBrainia trophy is all I'm saying. She will. Le- legit, as somebody who um, is a big fan of MCW and a big fan of, of Avery, 
now the thought of um, Aisha and Avery being within the same company oh. and having a singles match. There's not much freshness left in, in Australia. They've wrestling. never wrestled. This feels super fresh. They've never, they've never, they've never touched in a wrestling ring. So, Hard to uh, believe. but there's also things like um, Aisha hasn't wrestled Shazza before. Um, I don't think she's wrestled Tali before. So they've got a women's, they've got a strong women's division of wrestlers who haven't wrestled each other because I'm not sure if Avery's wrestled Shazza before. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Shazza's just, uh, Jews, there's been a lot of publicity about her, hasn't there, in regards to what she'll be doing for the next uh, 12 months? She's going to be, she's got a busy dance card. She's going to yeah. the States. Uh, she's wrestling for a couple of companies in Melbourne. Uh, she's got a home promotion in, in Sydney. Like she's, I think she's having a bit of a renaissance. Yep. Good on it. Good on it. And she's always been very, look, Shaz has always been very good to us. Um, yeah. She's a really good person. She's, she's generous with her contacts. Um, I think she's an asset to, I think she's an asset to, um, to anyone who's working on a show with her. You just go talk to her. Yeah. Good idea. Uh, let's have a look at what's happening this weekend, guys. Uh, on Friday, not much. So get ready for a big Saturday, though. EPW Perth present Reawakening 20. You would be an imbecile if you're in WA and didn't go because there's a lot of people outside of WA who well, want to go and can't. can't. Deathmatch Down Under will crown a new heavyweight champion at peer pressure for dead people, peer pressure from dead people at the Arrow on Swanston. PCW Ignition returns with Mark Cage taking on Daniel Swagger in what is always a popular match, and Venom Pro Wrestling. This is a good little battle, this one. Chavo Guerrero, the maniac. I don't know if it's a match. They're just both there. Oh. Would have been a nice match. Chavo Guerrero and the maniac, Wayne Maddai. They're hosting them at VPW Unleashed in Parkwood. That's it. That's it. We're done. Stop. I can go away. Yes. Thank you, um, boys, for joining us. Oh, Jules, how'd your hot sauce go? Oh, yeah. Oh, look, uh, for anybody who didn't get hold of any uh, at Dream, there may just be another run coming up at Peer Pressure from Dead People. So, well, um, it's a deathmatch hot sauce, though, so be careful. I got some, Jules. Um, It's hot. It's quite hot. It's nice. I'm going to use it in marinades. Oh, yeah, that's the best place. Yeah, take a tip from Joel. Don't pour it on people's backs. Don't do that. No, that's or, nasty. Don't, or don't slap no. people who it's have been deathmatch wrestling on the back. Well, let's, let's just talk oh. about that for a second before we go. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, folks. No, 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 don't. No. The oh. reason Joel lost the final, and I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that he will agree with this. Joel was ready for the final. He'd been through two deathmatches. Um, Tony walked up to him tapped him on the back, like, well done. You're doing really well. Uh, the excruciating pain he was going through. It was, was it? The the face that he made. Did you do it again to him after he got hit with the whippersnipper? No, no. Sorry, sorry, no. the fuck whacker? No. <laughs> and how were your hands afterwards? No, well, they, surprisingly, I didn't, they weren't cut. Wow. But I think Joel's back was. Does Jules have a story? 
Oh, uh, well, look, it was nice to see Joel after the, the end of the show and, and talk about hot sauce. And, and look, he, he gave me a hug and, and I gave him a hug. And, and then... he looked a lot like a newborn baby. <laughs> like he like he was, you know, when a newborn baby comes out, they're kind of purple and covered in yeah. their brain. Yeah. That's how Joel looked. <laughs> but look, I had a few seltzers. Um, and so wrapping my arms around Joel and giving him a, a big hug. And then I didn't even notice until I'd pretty much left at that point. Walked into the pub afterwards. My hands are covered in blood. BDE um, were there in the pub? Yeah, they were. Yeah, it, it was it was great. Um, but I was a little bit awkward walking into the pub with my hands covered in blood. Went to wash my hands. Um, went straight to the toilets. And then there's a guy behind me looking at me like, do I need to call nine? Do I need to call the police right now? Because there's a guy in front of me washing a lot of blood off his hands and looking pretty shifty. And I look shifty at the best of times, right? Yeah, yeah, but true. I'm looking behind at this guy and he's like, um, I think that you're a bad dude who's done a bad thing. And I'm like, by dropping the knife didn't help. And the maniacal laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the British bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Look forward to it. We'll catch with you the, next week we'll, as well. We'll catch you next week with the newly crowned DMDU heavyweight champion. Fantastic. What an interview that will be. Whoever it will be with, it'll be a great interview right here. Well, I mean, let's just be hug because I oh, didn't yeah, no, talk. Let's hope he doesn't though. win. I'd love to have that interview one day. We'll probably need a backup guest if it's Ugg. No, no. We could go 30 minutes with him going, Ugg. Okay. No, no. If it's Ugg, we'll try and get Callan as well so we can get both <laughs> champions on. <laughs> All right, catch you next week right here on the Turnbuckle.